Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. America. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins America. Drink. We're going to share our opinions as facts on a number of topics, and the odd man out is going to drink. What are we drinking today? I don't know. Can you read that, Roy? Sapodilla Zapote. Yep. Mm. Sapodilla Zapote. It I have no idea what this is. Stinks. Does it smell? It's terrible. Ooh, there's a lot of pulp in it. I can tell you, you that. I do not want to drink that. I hope you guys agree with everything <clears throat> I have to say. And the idea is that it's something every week that we... Uh, I don't know if I want to drink that. That's kind of the idea. It looks terrible. It's probably sweet. It has an avocado on the label. That's all I can tell you. And so the first one is this week watching Fox News. There was a Republican congressman on Fox News explaining how his Democrat colleagues in the Senate were moving toward a gas tax holiday. He was against that, which I was surprised at. But I mean... He, Politically, he was saying they're just doing this short term to sort of gain favor, but it's not a long term solution. However, my my question for excuse me, my question for you is, should we suspend the gas tax temporarily? My guess would be part of the reason he was against it is because why temporary? Let's just get rid of it. That is his point. Yeah. But regardless, let's say you got 50 Democrats and you need one Republican to get rid of temporarily the gas tax, which they're talking about doing through the end of this year, would you do it? Yeah, I think any any tax break is a good tax break, even if it's temporary. I want to get rid of it. 
Yeah, yep. I do too. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't. I thought that was a dumb position for that Republican congressman to make. It I makes agree. him look petty because if everybody's thinking the same thing, why wouldn't you? I don't. I don't get why you wouldn't do that. So nobody has to drink on that one. Okay, your turn. Um, Star Trek is better than Star Wars. Agree. I'll add this. What about Stargate? Where would you rank them? Stargate, Star Wars, Star Trek. Star Trek, Star Wars, Stargate that I've never seen. Oh, well, of course you put it at last. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to kick Stargate out because it's not in the same. It, it doesn't have the, the gravitas of a Star Trek or a Star Wars, which are cultural icons. But I'm going to go Star Wars probably because that's more my era. And there's an awful lot of Star Trek spinoffs that are just lame. Well, I, no argument there. What did you say? Star Trek mm-hmm. first? Star Wars? Yes. Sorry about the Stargate thing. I hope we're still Well, friends. look, I, if I have to add, if I'm adding Stargate, clearly Roy's putting it at the bottom. I'm putting it second behind Star Trek because I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. But that also means that I'm putting Star Trek first, and that means that Roy has to drink. Uh, and t- tell us what it is. Tell us what it tastes like. Is it sweet? Yeah, it's really sweet. Is it bad? Almost syrupy sweet. No, it's not bad, actually. Okay, because it's not soda. It tastes better than it smells. It's some sort of avocado juice, I think. I'm not sure. I think there's something wrong with mine. Yeah, it's got tons of this gross pulp left at the bottom, too. It's mostly in mine because I poured mine last. There's there's another good one. Pulp or no pulp. That is a good one. Pulp or no pulp. No pulp. No pulp. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) No pulp. Well, nobody drinks on that. Actually, no, no pulp. if it's coconut water, there's a one, coconut water. All right, you drink. Okay, I will drink because coconut water is really good with pulp. Let's try this. Is the choice between coconut water and no coconut water? Because I'm going to go no coconut water. Yeah, that's the choice. No coconut water. I already know where you're at. No coconut water. Yeah, drink again. again. Man, this stuff is, it's gross. It's its like molasses. Yeah, it's syrupy. Ugh. Syrup or syrup? Ooh. <laughs> clearly syrup does anybody want to say syrup i say syrup do you really i do the world's divided what do you say think about it syrup okay then you drink roy here's a real one a real one tipping tipping has changed a ton in the pandemic i have in the last two weeks gone to Four different places that all treated you differently, and they they all treated tipping differently. So I want to get your kind of opinions on how to do this. If you go and sit down in a restaurant, that's a clear one, right? You're going to tip. Somebody's serving you. Mm-hmm. You're expected to tip. But it gets tricky. Somebody brings the meal out to your car. Tip or no tip? Tip. No tip. Why? They're just carrying it. It's already been cooked, packaged, and bagged, and they're just bringing it to you because they don't want you inside. So the heck with them. Uh, Often those same people are the ones that bag it. Having worked to go at Applebee's for a lot of years, often the, the deliverers are the baggers and the preparers of that food. So are you saying tip because you were that person? I'm always going to err on the side of tipping, but I'm not doing like a everybody needs a tip kind of thing. But that is my logic for tipping carry out. Does it matter if you can go in the restaurant or not? Because right now you're dealing with a lot of restaurants that you you can't even go in them. 
And that's why I think Roy's point is that's not my fault that I can't go into the restaurant. Even if you went in, often the person handing you the food is the one putting it together. You know what? You changed my mind. Because yes, I'm thinking tip. about I'm t- I'm thinking about Sonic. It's the same thing. Yeah, they mm-hmm. carry it out to you. I always tip there, mm-hmm. so you win. I'm I'm on have board to now. drink. I think. Well, no, no, no I, I, th- I agree. I think we agree now. I, oh. We're all in agreement that. Yeah. Wait, you said tip. Yeah. No, I say no tip. I say tip. Oh, though I have to drink. <laughs> Wait, you say no tip. I say no tip for bringing it out to your car, and I'm drinking. Even if they're the person that put the order together for you. Yes. And it's because of what Roy said originally and then changed his mind like a buffoon. Yeah. He said that it's because you don't have a choice to go in a lot of restaurants. If you chose to sit there, you chose to make that, that's one thing. But if you have, if they're forcing you to do it, I think that's on them. That's not on me to tip. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I just disagree with it. Okay. The third one is you order at the counter. Tip or no tip? Because they always have a tip jar there. You order at the counter. No tip. I tip just, it's increments, right? So if somebody's going to full service wait on me, I'm going to tip 20, 25%. If somebody's going to put my order together and I give them a dollar, that's great. I, I'm always going to tip a little bit if somebody's performing the service for me. What about if you have to, now here's where it gets in the gray area. Because I went through a drive-through getting coffee this week, mm-hmm. and they they asked me, "Do you want to leave a tip?" That's too much to me, right? Yeah, I mean that's I know I, I, get, I'm in a I get where you guys are coming from. Like, where is the point? Like, where do you stop? Where is the where is the line that stops? Yeah, because well, in a drive-through, you're doing all the work. I mean, they're they're doing they're, you're buying it, but what are you paying for if if not the thing you're buying? Right. Well, here's the question. So, what about like a Qdoba or a Subway? You don't tip there. No, but they're doing all the work. Here's the gray area. Here's the gray I don't know, area. Roy, mm. I might be changing my mind. You, Although, you, if people are bringing me my food, I'm still gonna stick with that. Here's here's where it gets really tricky, and especially with pandemic stuff. You go in, you sit, you order at the counter, you sit down, they bring you the food. So this is like a... I tip on that. Really? Every time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went now, they're to... Now, they're not necessarily serving you. You order at the counter. but the, And then they... What about when they ding the bell and you got to still go pick it up? And then they clean up after you at the end. I don't know. I usually tip... I went to High Point the other night and there was a tip, we'll bring you the food situation, and I tipped. Not the same amount I would tip if somebody was filling my drinks and bringing my appetizers and getting my silverware and waiting on me in a full service capacity, but I gave the kid a couple of bucks. Is that the line to draw, is the drinks? I don't know. I I think part of it's the process. So, like, a lot of restaurants you pay before you sit down, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times the tip option is there. I think instinctively I do that. I wouldn't like leave. Wait, tip you on tip the table. even if same even if you're at the counter and there's the option the blank. You're going to leave something in mm-hmm. it. Usually, yeah. no matter what, any circumstance. Yeah, I think I'm pretty consistent there. Man, you guys, you're nice. I worked in service industries too, so it's not as if I don't get it. But there are certain things that I'm just like, that's not that is over the line. And the drive-through thing really made me mad when somebody asks you oh yeah now i'm not saying burger king's doing this like they don't even have protocols for that and if you decide to tip at a burger king or buy the person's meal behind you that's great that's super great good on you 
But if somebody in a drive-through, and this was a local place, so they, you know, they're still here's your receipt. Can you still fill this out? All that stuff. They asked me, "Do you want to leave a tip?" And then with the modern ones, they have the buttons mm-hmm. that say "No tip" or fifteen percent, twenty percent, twenty-five percent, thirty percent. They they jack up the percentages too. And I get that we're coming out of an era where restaurant workers have had a terrible time for the last couple of years. Restaurant owners have. They want people to be tipping them because they've had nothing but hardship. I completely understand that. But now coming out of it, the rules have got to go back to normal. Or are we just, are we over the cliff on tipping? Has it? Will it ever go back? I don't know the answer to that. And I'm always going to tip I try to tip, like, relative to what, like, I try to make it reasonable given the service that's been provided. But I was at a store the other day, and it wasn't a food, it wasn't the food industry. But there was an element of customer service, and then there was an option to tip afterwards. But it was, like, it was very transactional. I was buying a thing from a store, and there was, like, a how much do you want to tip this person working here that seems weird yeah that does seem weird i know and did you do it yeah you did yeah just because you were a sucker i tell you that well but here's what i did say to this guy i said because he had helped me we'd gone back and forth a little bit i said do you get this tip and he said yes and i said okay well that's a good question you know but i always feel the to me it's when they give you that that screen. Now. That's what I had. That's oh, what it happened. Was. So it's I think, pressure, right? Yep. They added that screen to this to this situation where I would have never thought. I'm in a retail situation. I would have never thought to leave a tip. They added it, and this guy had answered a few of my questions that I would have never thought deserved a tip before. And I'm I mean, like, I'm never going to condemn somebody for tipping. That's entirely up to you. It's just the expectation. But the is line. What's I understand your question. Changed. Do you have one more before we go? Uh, I mean. I, I think I'm a little confused about what we're doing here. <laughs> Con, confused if, or not confused, drink. Yeah, if if you're on the outs, if two of us agree and you're the third, you uh-huh. have to drink. That's the point. Okay. Uh, chocolate chip cookies over cheesecake. Uh, cheesecake. I think I love cheesecake, but I'd, I'd have to go chocolate chip cookies. Right on, Roy. All right, then I'm drinking and we are out. We'll be right back with Jeremy Murphy the CBS, former CBS Communications Vice President here on Wiggins America. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Our next guest... Interesting dude. His name is Jeremy Murphy. He's the former vice president of communications at CBS. Uh, got a lot of questions for him. But he's written this book called F Off, Chloe. 
and he didn't abbreviate it like I just did for the radio. Do we know who Chloe is? Chloe is the embodiment of every entitled 20-something who enters the media world and wants a trophy for coming to work. Raised to believe she's a superstar, Chloe wants the corner office on day one, a raise by the end of the week, and your job in a year. Self-centered, vain, indifferent to work, so over everything, she quote-unquote can't even whenever the task is in front of her. In media, we are besieged with this creature. I would say even beyond in media, there is a Chloe in many different industries. Everywhere. They hide everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeremy Murphy is on the phone with his former vice president of communications at CBS. He is currently at 360 Bespoke, and he is the author of... Of well, how do I say this? F off, F Chloe. Off, Chloe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, so explain Chloe. Explain why you're writing this book. Well, okay. So we all deal with a Chloe. Chloe is someone very young who comes into the workforce and wants everything to uh, run around her. Uh, very woke, has her list of demands, has her brand values, her expectations, and they are literally swarming the workplace and. I, I, I was on an email chain, and I sent a very uh, long strategy, and someone named Chloe replied back and said, TLDR, LOL. I didn't know what that meant. I had to Google it, and it means too long, didn't read, and her name was Chloe. And I'm like, <laughs> I was so outraged, but then I said, you know, this is the funniest thing I've ever read. Um, so that's Chloe. We all, we all have to deal with it. So you want to do what? Get ahead of the Chloes and tell them to shut up, and, th- and that's why the book exists? Um, I think it's more of a surviving, you know, because most of us in media, we want to get the hell out. Like, we don't want to stay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're not supposed I to give away the secrets. Forget, forget LinkedIn. I want to link out, okay? <laughs> um, let, let, let Chloe have it. You know, just let me survive to the pension. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. So being the former vice president of communications at CBS – you know, I mean, that really stood out to me, Jeremy, because when I saw the title of the book and what it's about and you talking about woke culture and things, I thought, how in the world did you survive at CBS? Well, so the woke culture is new. So I, I left CBS six years ago. This woke culture is very new. I want to say it was 2016. I think a lot of it happened with Trump and a lot of people felt marginalized and unheard. And so a lot of people came together and, and it just kind of coalesced and it grew from there. So it's new. Uh, I didn't see it at CBS. I'm seeing it a lot now, but um, it's definitely a new thing. Um, and it's not a good thing. Let's just put it that way. But it's definitely, I would say the last four or five years, you know, Me Too, Black Lives, a lot of people feel empowered and feel like everything they say should be, you know, memorialized and that you you should have a parade for every feeling that, that they have. And I think they're too, I think they're too, (laughs) they're too motivated. (laughs) Just go to work. Is that, do you think Jeremy, that's pronounced more in media environments where you do get a lot of people who they lead with their feelings and that's why they go into media. Maybe they're writers or whatever. And they, they, they think, you know, this is, the, this is the place where I'm going to shine. And then they get there and they realize, actually, it's a lot of work. This isn't what I expected it to be. You know, it's a lot. And, and I don't think it's limited to media. So if you look at the generation that's just coming into the workforce, look how they were raised. One, their parents liked them too much. Like my parents did not want to be my friend. They loved me. But we were not friends, right? Mm-hmm. 
their parents want to be their children's friends, which is completely new. So these children already have inflated self-esteem. And then they grow up on social media where everything they say gets a like, a share, a follower, a comment. And so now they feel anything they say deserves an audience, right? So then they go into the workforce and they really think that's how it works. Well, no, it doesn't. Sorry. Go, go make the coffee. Pay your dues. Well, Jeremy, and, so Jeremy Murphy on the phone, former vice president of communications at CBS, and he's with 360 Bespoke. He's also the author of F Off, Chloe. Well, so how do we fix that then? You know, what, what do we do? We, we've, are, we, are we over the, the waterfall now? How do we get back? No, you know what? The thing is, these people are coming into a business community. Like, every, you know, work is business, right? These companies have to make the bottom line, and they're going to realize real fast that this does not help the bottom line. Wokeism does not pay the bills. And the minute the business community realizes, you know, there's no upside to this, it will end really quickly. Because when people don't have money, when they don't have a job, they're going to learn real fast that you can't be, you know, this self-entitled, everything is my way or the highway. You're going to have to, I don't know, go to work and pay your dues. So I think they're going to learn, especially this generation going into the workforce, they're going to learn very fast that you can't come in with your expectations and your, your values you have to conform to who you're working for, right? Change from within, but don't come in. You're not interviewing the company. The company is interviewing you. Are we at a watershed moment now where that is beginning to happen? Because it doesn't, in some ways, it doesn't feel like people have learned that lesson yet. Although in other ways, you're starting to see, you know, just in terms of the electorate and polling, and I looked at it, you start to think, hey, maybe people are starting to see that. Well, I can tell you, I'm a Democrat in New York City. And this is what we all talk about offline. Everybody Mm. is sick of the wokeism. We're so sick of this. We're so sick of cancellation culture. We really feel like people are being gagged. They're they're, they're being muzzled. They're being, um, people can't say what they feel. Everybody's walking on eggshells because, oh my God, I might say something like that might offend you. I might, you know, I might uh, cite the patriarchy and, and, and appropriate your culture with something. Like everybody is so on edge and so privately, everybody is sick of this. So I do think the pendulum is swinging because it has gone way too far. And it's not even like, you know, you look at Chappelle and all this stuff in the headlines. This is kitchen table stuff. I know people who got canceled at work because they made a saucy comment. I know someone who did something at an office party and lost their job. This was never that. This is now, this is kitchen table. It's hitting home right now. And I think that's what people are really upset about. Jeremy, it's interesting that you say, you know, you're a New York Democrat and you probably have been for a while. I, don't, I, I imagine you're not newly to the Democrat Party, but uh, I'm obviously not. I'm on the other side of the aisle. Is this something that within the sort of the Democrat, like you said, kitchen table conversations, the barroom conversations, the Democrats are looking inwardly and saying, man, we caused this, or is it more like, no, this is, this is something else outside of our party that caused this? No, this is outside the party. The problem is the Democratic Party embraced it. So this came from academia. It came from progressive groups. It came from political action. It came from uh, coalitions. It came from, you know, Move On and Media Matters and all these groups, whether you're right or left. And what they do is they seize on something in the news, whether it's a shooting, whether it's a, a tragedy or something, and they come in and they grab the spotlight and they try to push their point of view and cancel people. This is not one party or the other. The problem is my party embraced it. And that was a 
huge mistake. And that's probably what's going to cost Biden the next election, because he's got to get out from this. He's got to move away from it because so many people are getting hurt. Ooh, yeah, interesting stuff. So Jeremy Murphy on the phone with us, former vice president of communications at CBS, author of F Off Chloe. Before we run out of time with you, I just wanted to ask you about the current media environment. You know, yeah. can you speak to anything going on, say, at a CNN? So many people being, I, I'm not going to say canceled there. I'm going to say fired for legitimate reasons. Yeah. Well, CNN is, is, is funny because everybody's trying to read into it of like some trend. No, Jeff Zucker resigned because there's something bigger about to drop. So, you know, uh, Chris Cuomo uh, got fired for, you know, helping his brother, whatever, whatever he did. And he sued CNN and Zucker got caught in the crossfires. And, you know, when, when there's a legal suit, there's something called discovery and the lawyers get everything and they found some stuff. And that's why he left. We, we, we don't know it yet, but I'm telling you, someone that high does not resign for a consensual, a, a consensual affair with another adult. It doesn't happen. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's something more there. And that's why he resigned. This is not about ratings or trends or politics. No, this is a legal thing. Yeah, well, he, you would know. He'd, he would know, Jeremy Murphy, because he's been there, <laughs> former vice president of communications at CBS, author of F Off Chloe. Where can people go get your book right now? It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Just Google it, F Off Chloe. Uh, it's even at Target. Um, I'm sure they'll get protested. Um, it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Great. As long as you have an asterisk somewhere in the in the yeah. F word, you'll be okay, right? I can't get on the Today Show, but I'm at Target. <laughs> okay. All right. Jeremy, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Take care. Hey, just wanted to mention this before we run out of time here. We've got a little bit of time, so we shouldn't. But uh, here is a story I found on Axios. Now, you might have saw this week the head of the DNC, the DNC chair, is not supposed to say stuff like this. He has said publicly, publicly, this is how bad it is, that the DNC, the Democrat brand, is toxic right now. And so that made some news, of course, probably not on the stations that uh, would want to bury such a thing. But when the DNC head is saying it, it's almost like the point is to get it out there. So it got out. And the Axios story that I found on this subject was was very telling because Axios, generally, I like Axios. They tend to be what journalism had been for most of our lives, which is center left. Now, I don't love that they're left, but I like the center part. They used to, you know, there used to be at least some objectivity, even if they had a left lean in the same way that something like Real Clear Politics, if you ever go there, love that website. They're center, but they're center right. They lean right. As long as you got some center in there, I like reading news that's at least somewhat objective. You can't completely take your own personal experience out as a writer. I know that as personally because I write articles for Odyssey, which, by the way, <laughs> has been very, very fun. And I appreciate them taking my articles and pushing them national. Uh, I put those up at WigginsAmerica.com if you ever want to read what I'm publishing. But it's been fun because they'll take parts of this show and attach them to those articles and then push them out all over the nation. It's really fun. So even things like this, if I were to write an article about it, it might end up all over the place, which is super cool. Um, But this story from Axios is talking about specifically Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, and the squad being toxic to the brand for Democrats. Now, that's the headline. But once they get into it, 
they start to really break down what's really going on because what they keep saying is, you know, all these far left people, they're tainting the brand of Democrats. Well, A, that's really good news if you want them to move back to some sanity because they're realizing they have to. They're only doing it because an election's coming up, but at least they're realizing it. What Axios outlines is that defund the police, renaming schools, tearing down statues, these kinds of things are what people are thinking about when they think about Democrats now. And they poll terribly. The example they give, if you heard, San Francisco school board members, deep. You you don't get bluer than San Francisco, other than maybe downtown New York or something. San Francisco just voted out three of their furthest left school board members by over 70%. Now, these aren't conservatives doing that. If there are conservatives in San Francisco, you're probably there as a mission. You're there on a, on a, on a mission assignment from God because there are so few conservatives in San Francisco. But still, these people were recalled, and it's these kind of things. They go through example after example of different Democrats you know, accusing, or not accusing necessarily, but, but uh, complaining that the party has gotten away from them <clears throat> we just talked about this a minute ago with uh, with Jeremy from CBS, or formerly from CBS, about what Democrats have become. It's really good. If you missed it, rewind on the Odyssey app or get the podcast. Um, but other examples, they're talking about 30 Democrats, the most in decades, have announced that they're not running again in November. They're House members, and they've said, no, nah, we're done. They know they're going to lose Poll after poll, it says, of generic House matchups that ask voters if they prefer a Republican or a Democrat in the election, if we're held today, say Republican. Let me tell you something. That is rare. Even in big Republican years, like 2010, for instance, Obama had been in office for two years. The polling going into that suggested that Republicans may have been ahead by a point or two. Right now, in a generic ballot, Republicans in some polls are ahead by double digits. This is is unprecedented. I hate using the word because we've used it so much in the last couple of years, but I guess it fits. You, you don't see that. So what is this election going to look like? Well, if it stays the way it is, it really will be probably one of the biggest historic waves we'll ever see, assuming there's no cheating, <laughs> which let's, let's assume that for the sake of this conversation right here. And before we go, though, I want to get to a suggestion from Tricia on what to watch. I saw They said you saw a murder. She is bad crazy. I'm not crazy. <laughs> Someone's gotta believe me. And she has a serious drinking problem. No. Okay. Look at that knife out of my Can face. Can you stop telling people that I have a drinking problem? You know, I used to feel bad for you. But I do not feel bad for you anymore, and I will not pray for you anymore. Carol! Trisha, what the heck am I listening to? <laughs> that is the trailer for The Woman in the House Across the Street from The Girl in the Window. I have heard of this show. All I know is that Kristen Bell is in is it Netflix. It is Netflix, yes. It looks... Actually, I saw it just enough to think that it looked interesting, but not interesting enough to watch. But you're watching it? I have finished it, actually. I watched it over a couple of days. Uh, it's the one of the weirdest things I've ever seen because I can't exactly tell. It was kind of hard to tell what it was. I went into it knowing it was satire. I went into it knowing it was a parody. But it's not that it's not straight up dark comedy that you're used so to. So it doesn't tip its hand that 
it doesn't tip its hand that it's satire very well. I mean, their name is ridiculous. It starts with a name. Um, she, like, every time she fills her wine glass, it's all the way up to the top. It's an entire bottle. Every time she makes a casserole, she drops the dish and shatters it. Um, if you play this clip of something tragic happens to her daughter and it's set up like this. Elizabeth went into a room with a serial killer who had murdered and eaten at least 30 people. That was her explaining take your daughter to work day when her husband, the FBI profiler, takes their daughter to work. So what's the plot of the whole series? Because it has that's the very beginning is her daughter dies, right? I don't know. You don't know. Or oh, not. you don't. Oh, you don't yeah. know. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you still don't know at the end. No, you do know at the end. Okay, you find out pretty early on. The plot is a grieving mother and ex-wife who drinks a lot and takes a lot of pills and talks to an anonymous therapist, watches a mur- sees a murder. So it's Rear Window. It's did you see that crazy movie uh, with Amy Adams on also on Netflix? I don't think so. That I think was the woman in the house across the street or something like that. Oh, so this is almost a direct parody. Of their own show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but the internet is divided. Um, Do you have to know it's... Is it better to know what it is going in or is it one of those going in colds better? So this person who I don't think knew... Wrote, I want to fight whoever wrote and approved the script for the woman in the house across the street for the girl in the window. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I regret every moment I spent binge watching. It got a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes, but critics also came out with strong support and said, um, if you understand it, it's Kristen Bell universally acknowledged. as uh, having excellent comic chops, and this series really like showcases it. Do so, you watch dark comedies at all? I love dark comedies, and you well, love satire, right? I shouldn't say I love dark comedies because there are dark comedies that are they're so smug and smart that I end up hating them. And I don't know if this this doesn't sound like that though. No, this is it's just so subtle that I think it made the internet very confused because the title is obviously ridiculous. And there are ridiculous elements throughout it. For example, she has a handyman fixing her mailbox every single day. There's a guy. Are they deliberately doing cliched things to mm-hmm. be funny? Like she dropping the casserole every time she pulls it out? She ke- Yeah, she keeps forgetting to use oven mitts, so she drops it every single time. Okay. She takes it out, but it's not like, ha, 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 look, like, stop, look at these funny things. This sounds like it's going to be one of those that if you're in the club, you love it. Yeah, and if you don't quite grasp it, yeah, then you're you're not you're gonna <clears throat> actually you're gonna actively hate it because that's usually what these things. That's do. what's happening. There is there is this portion of the population. It made me think of you because they brought up. I've seen a lot of parallels drawn between that Will Ferrell, um, Kristen Wiig, <laughs> Lifetime, the Lifetime movie that we talked about that never winks. Yeah, that's funny because that's uh, uh, to an extent. That's basically everything I've ever done mm-hmm. is that kind of stuff where if you get it, you love it. That's my book. If you get it, you love it. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you don't you don't just put it aside. You actually hate it. And there are characters in my own book, not to 
make this all about me, but I very well, much it identify. Wicked's America. <laughs> it's Wicked's America. Hey, welcome. <laughs> it's, uh, there are characters in my book that I'm like, oh, this is so ridiculous. And people have told me, I actually like your book a lot except for that character. So I know based on whether they like that one character who is a politician mm-hmm. in, the, in the book. Oh, I know the character. I'm about halfway through. Oh, you are? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. That's cool to know. Thanks. Um, the, if, you, if you like the comedy that she brings to it, because she's kind of a Hillary Clinton parody, mm-hmm. not exactly, but that's kind of like the original inspiration for the character was 2008 version of Hillary Clinton when I started writing the book. It, it very much evolved past that. But if you get that character and you get the comedy, then you get my sense of humor. If you don't, the rest of the book people like. But I've always had that. Always. And so no better way to end the show than let's do the uh, the scripted bit that we had earlier in the show. So we're going to put this online, too, and also making a poll. Whatever you think of it, we want to know. Go ahead and vote at my Twitter. That's the only place that we can do polls, so that's the best place to do it. At Radio Wiggins, we're going to have a poll up. You rate it, one through five. And then we're going to do this again next week. Not this same script, but a different script. And you can tell us whether you like this one better or last one. And we'll kind of do like a March Madness thing for as long as we can keep this thing going. That's what we're going to do. So here is the scripted piece from this week. And again, of course, go rate it at Radio Wiggins. And we'll see you next week. Let's get scripted. Blind. Look, as a Republican congressman, I don't like the way this country is headed. And as a Democrat, I think he's a white supremacist. We are aware that there is very little we agree on, but both of us want to come together on something. So through polling, focus groups, and deep data dives, we determined that the most productive thing we can do is to find a common enemy. And we found him. So please welcome, wearing a three-quarter zip and eating a cinnamon pretzel, Don Patongas. Whoa, what? Look, we get the temperature of the country. And we know people are upset, but we also know that we can come together and focus that negative energy on Don Patongas from Dayton. I thought I wanted a free trip to the Capitol. This wasn't in the information. Listen to his stupid face. This wasn't in the information. Don is a big wrinkly sack of butts. What the heck did I do? It doesn't matter what he did or did not do. He deserves our derision. It feels good to be united again. This seems unfair. Shut up, Don. Throw trash at this man. Wiggins America. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.